you're waiting for a train, you look up at the sign, it says seven minutes. So you screw around for five minutes, you look back up at the sign, and it says seven minutes. And you're like, I bet K-Sequel could fix that. Or at least that's what Leslie Kurt thought. And we're going to talk to her about that on today's Streaming Audio, a podcast about Kafka, Confluent, and the cloud. Hey, welcome back, everybody. I am your host, Tim Berglund, and I have with me today in the virtual studio, Leslie Kurt. Leslie, welcome to Streaming Audio. Hi, yes, Tim. Thanks for having me on the podcast. I'm, I'm excited to be here. You bet. Uh, it's great to have you. So as they say in Office Space, uh, what would you say you do here? Yes, I am a systems engineer here at Confluence. So that basically means that I help to assist and advise customers on Apache Kafka and the Confluent platform. And really, any questions they have around building an event streaming platform. Awesome. Um, yep. Leslie is what we informally call an SE, and many of you who work in enterprise software uh, are probably familiar with that role. If you don't, it really is exactly what she said. It's a lot like. Uh, so I know I've I've probably talked before on this podcast about my team, the developer relations team, and one of the functions of my team is people who go out and give talks places and they build demos. And sometimes the developer advocates, that that's what I'm referring to, will go and visit customers. But that's always like a real short-term engagement. Like I've done this before. I'll go visit some key account and give them a K-SQL demo and answer some questions and sit down with some enterprise architects and um, you know, give them some big ideas to, to go forth and rebuild systems with. And then I go home, right? I get on an airplane, I go away, and maybe they never see me again. So Leslie is like that, except she doesn't go home. She actually helps people kind of on a long-term basis with that same exact kind of thing, how to understand this new technology stack and, and how to understand event streaming and actually kind of how to build stuff with it. So it's like, I see it, Leslie, anyway, I see SEing as a lot like developer advocacy, but just kind of like with long-term engagements. No, that sounds exactly right. Yeah. So being a developer advocate is good for you if you don't want to make friends and keep friends. If you just want to like <laughs> be impressive for 45 minutes, then go away. But if you actually want to you know, help people over the long term, you should be an SE. <laughs> anyway, um, we are here today to talk about your K-SQL recipe. So for the uninitiated who are wondering what's a K-SQL recipe or maybe what's a K-SQL, if you don't know what a K-SQL is, well, you're going to know by the time this is done. So don't worry about that. But the recipe, or what we sort of call the, the stream processing cookbook, is a collection of little procedures, little how-to, I don't know, what we might call them like recipes, to get a certain <laughs> kind of thing done. Uh, and there'll be a link in the show notes. It's confluent.io slash stream-processing-cookbook uh, if you can't wait and you just want to go there. But Leslie has contributed a recipe uh, that is about calculating bus delay time. And I just want to talk through that and... I mean, take it away. Tell us about how how you. I mean, for starters, how did you come up with this idea? Yeah, so that's that's exactly right. I I have a K-SQL recipe called calculating bus time delay, and it's actually mm -hmm. kind of a funny story how um, it came to be. And so, if you're if you're listening in the Bay Area, you're you're probably familiar with the Caltrain, and and if not, it's essentially a train that goes from San Francisco south all the way down to Gilroy. And so a lot of people at Confluent take it from San Francisco to Palo Alto for their their morning commute. And I was waiting. And Gilroy for... is like close to Reno, right? Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> is it? Right. I... No, That's it's, a good it's, question. It's, it's just really out there. Yeah, yeah it's, it's way it's, out it's, there. Uh... It is it is quite south. Yeah. Um, 
Yes. But a lot of people take it for their morning commute. And I was waiting for the train one day and, you know, seven minutes to my next train. Great. And kind of looking around, played on my phone. And I look back up and it still said seven minutes. And so I was, of course, a little bit bummed and started thinking to myself, hey, hey, wouldn't it be great if these estimates were accurate and, and updated in real time. And that's kind of when it hit me that I, you know, I work for a company that sells <laughs> software like, to help process data in real time. Exactly. Yeah. Wait a minute. I do this for a living. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And better yet, KSQL um, would be able to do this very easily. It'd be quick to, to set this up. And so from there, I, I made this KSQL recipe. Um, it's about a bus, not a train, but the same idea. It's a transportation thing. So that's bus delay time. And for anybody else who happened to have any early training in digital logic design, when you heard Leslie say bus delay time and you're thinking of like uh, set up and hold times on a clock signal or something like that, stop right now. She's talking about transportation. Okay. And I think that was obvious. <laughs> but I say that because the first time I saw that title, I'm like, oh, cool. A digital logic case equal thing. And there's probably like 0.5% of the audience who made that mistake. So transportation, and sometimes things get delayed. Uh, and so you thought of this and uh, walk us through it. Tell us how this works. Yeah. So kind of the first thing that we have is a bus schedule, right? What time each bus is supposed to arrive at each stop on its route. And so um, the first step that we do is load this bus schedule into a K table. And this K table essentially becomes a, a lookup table for each bus. We can use this table to know exactly where each bus is supposed to arrive and at what time it's supposed to be on each one of its routes. Got it. I want to stop you there. Now, if you are a longtime listener, if you've listened to the whole streaming audio catalog, you already know what a K table is and you sort of get that concept. If you have not, listened to all of the streaming audio content yet we can still be friends but we should probably like explain this so no that's uh, a good that's a good a good stopping point so yeah it all starts with like a topic right tell us how to make a k table yeah so the the actual definition of a k table is an abstraction on a change log but i, I think that's a little bit confusing so the way that i like to think about it is it's kind of the streaming equivalent to a database table where you only care about the latest state of each row which means that any previous state can be thrown away. And so that that K table is then backed up in a compacted topic so that each message has a, a key, um, say the, the row ID, and with compaction turned on, you will delete all of the previous messages with the same ID. So a K table is something where you can delete all of the states except for the latest date of the event. Um, and so it's, it's that materialized view of the database table. Nice. So in contrast to the way we normally think of a Kafka topic, which is just a, a sequence, you know, a log of events and you you keep logging new events forever and you, you keep all the history for forever or for some time period. This is really a way of saying that we only care about the most recent key, each message being a key value pair. And the contract is that the most recent key matters and the other ones don't. And we also get to make, like you said, this materialized view. So it's like this in-memory representation of the of, of each unique key in that topic. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So in our KSQL recipe, we have the K table, um, which is our bus schedule, and that becomes our, our lookup table for each bus. And then we have a, a second stream of data, which is our, our bus events. So in this is kind of real-time streaming of events where the bus is along its route. Um, so as the bus is driving its usual route, records are being sent from the bus to the Kafka cluster. So if Gotcha. We, so 
the buses in this timeline that we're living in, these buses have GPS and some sort of like LTE wireless data network thing, and they're they're reporting their position frequently. Yeah, exactly. And if we, we, you know, kind of dive into that piece a little bit, you can kind of imagine an IoT sensor that's installed on each bus and maybe is utilizing Confluence MQTT proxy to convert the messages from MQTT protocol to Kafka protocol um, to give you these real-time updates of, of each bus um, as they are, you know, driving along their route. I do like the way you think with that MQTT <laughs> thing. And that would be, that would be um, again, on that, if, if, if you don't know what MQTT is, it, I'd... I would actually like it if you explained that. What I know, I know, you know, my my basic short pitch on MQTT is is it's the lightweight network protocol for producing messages into Kafka. But tell us a little bit more about that. No, I think that's exactly right. It's it's basically a, a lightweight protocol um, that a lot of small sensors use for for high latency and, and unreliable networks. And so it's kind of the new realm of IoT tends to use this MQTT protocol. Right. And uh, there is in the Confluent platform a proxy where your MQTT device, M- and I guess the you know the point is the MQTT client that's doing the producing out in the device, uh, you can fit that protocol implementation into a lower footprint. You know, it's got a lower footprint in the system. So if memory and processing power are constrained, and you don't want to be doing all this crazy TCP stuff or whatever, you can you know it's easier to do MQTT in the device. The device, and then we've got a proxy that that will connect to and that proxy will plus position updates into the Kafka topic. Exactly, exactly. So we've got our our bus events loaded into a Kafka topic. And once it's in that Kafka topic, we actually load this data into a K stream. So it's kind of the other end of the K table. Um, and we use this K stream to help us calculate the real-time delays. Got it. And that K stream is, uh, that the K SQL stream is just like a wrapper around the topic, right? Saying it's you know, hey, there's a topic and it's got these fields. The messages have these fields in them and let's see them. Exactly. Exactly. Um, cool. Okay. So keep going. How do we? Yep. Do so we, we've got we, our so two streams so of far, data. Yep. Yeah. Our schedule and our events. Now, where are we? Exactly. Going? So we want to perform a, a stream processing operation on these two streams of events to calculate the difference between the expected time that's stored in our K table, which is our ETA, and the actual time in our case stream, which is the, the timestamp. And so in order to do that, we create a persistent query in KSQL to, to join the K table and the K stream. And we want to join these two streams uh, on the route ID of the bus and on the stop number of the bus. So that all goes into our join. And we create this unified stream where we have both the expected ETA and the timestamp of the bus at that stop. And once we have these two timestamps in the unified stream, we can calculate the difference or, or the delay by taking the timestamps and, and subtracting them. And from there, we then have a new output stream that has all of the, the metadata for the bus, so the route ID it's on, the bus ID, um, as well as the expected time and the, the actual time and the new calculated field, which is the delay time. Got it. And that was the original genesis for this recipe was you thinking, hey, couldn't we use computers to <laughs> advertise what the delay times are for these? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I, I guess to be fair, it's it's an infrastructure problem too, right? Like you have to put right. the, the devices out on the buses and everything, but that's not anymore. That's not a gigantic investment. In fact, that stuff is probably 
in a typical piece of public transit uh, stock anyway, somewhere for some other reason. Um, but yeah, um, and it's as simple as that. So I, I mean, that if you're not at this point um, right now in listening to this, if you have not visited the recipe in the notes, you probably should because we're talking. You know, we're saying, well, you do a join, and and you know what a join is, but uh, it would help if you were looking. This is step four that Leslie is describing in her recipe, um, where she's joining the uh, event stream to the schedule table. Um, and you look at it, and this is a thing with a lot of actual KSQL use cases. You know, like I'll show them to people, and I'm like, "Hey, this is really cool. It's done." And I'm like showing them a join. You know. And no, like, yeah, you're exactly I- right because it, it uses SQL-like semantics. So if you're familiar with SQL, then it's very readable, and you can see exactly how this this join in stream processing is happening, and and see how easy it is to do this kind of enrichment of your data. And that is such a good point because if you were going to do this. I mean, the whole, the whole problem, like I said, it's, it's, it's an infrastructure problem as much as anything. You got to put the devices out there and you got to have a place to put the data and everything. And if you can program your way out of a paper bag, you can probably think of how you might do this um, and come up with this bus delay time per stop. But in looking at your recipe with this join on step four, it's really simple, right? I mean, it's just, no, you're join exactly where you right. take each bus update and you know, that's a, that's a topic where bus updates are being produced to it constantly. And this persistent query, you said it's a, a persistent KSQL query, meaning it's running all the time. Every time a new bus update event shows up in that topic, the query uh, kind of like runs and gets that event and then looks for the corresponding route ID and stop ID, or I guess it'd be corresponding route ID in the table but then also joins on stop ID in that table and you know the result happens for that event like without any batching or anything like that. Yeah, exactly. And I think that you just said something that's really interesting and in that it's a persistent query. So once you set this up and you have your sensors running to to write data to Kafka, this whole flow happens, you know, automatically and you kind of have this automatic update of delay time for each bus that that continues to to query and produce this output and and tell you until you stop it right and where does that output go that's another question that sometimes when i'm talking to to people about joins they're like yeah yeah yeah, okay it's a join i get it but then they're like wait where where do the records go they just get printed out to the screen you know so what tell us about that part of the process yeah so in this ksql query it's just a select statement so it's just outputting it to the ksql cli um but you can actually basically wrap this with a create stream and write it into a, a Kafka stream or a, a topic, which is the underlying component of the, the case stream, and actually store this data in, in a Kafka topic and actually consume it from a, from a consumer later, later on downstream. Right. And that's the kind of the platform magic there is. Uh, the, the short answer to where do my join results go is, like you said, to a topic. And then, well, they're in a topic and you can do with them whatever you want. You know, you can go Kafka connect them into some other system or consume them and send them to the little digital signs that are at bus stops that tell you what the delay is going to be. Simple as that. So you were inspired to do this by waiting at a train stop, as anyone who lives in the Bay probably does fairly frequently. Um, has it gotten any legs since then? Have you, I mean, you work with customers all the time. Has anyone been inspired? Yeah, that's a, a great question. And I think that that's the really cool thing about these KSQL recipes is that, you know, they're they're written for a single use case within a single kind of vertical. 
Um, but you can kind of generalize these K-SQL recipes and apply them and adapt them to fit many different lines of business. So, you know, essentially this K-SQL recipe is about calculating the differences between two Unix timestamps. And so if we just kind of take it as this idea, you can abstract it from much more than just the transportation space, right? Because it's easy to imagine this calculating the delays for a bus or a train or even airplanes. Um, and we could even, you know, broaden that a little bit more within the transportation space to be ride-sharing apps, to calculate the the difference between the time that I expect my Lyft or Uber driver to arrive. Um, but we can we can generalize that even more to... Yeah. To be to any kind of, I expected this, I got this, you know, I have, I have some set of expectations about when things should happen and information about when they're happening. And this kind of just gets, gets, gets you thinking about all those kinds of things. Exactly. So, so since this case equal recipe has kind of been live, um, there's a bunch of different things that have kind of come up. And so you can imagine this being in the shipping and manufacturing industry and calculating estimated delivery times to give customers a, a better estimate of how long until their package arrives at their doorstep. Um, you can imagine this for a, any company that has a request response paradigm where they want to know the, the latency between the time that it requests or, or fetches a resource to the time that it was received. And so to do that, you basically you capture this network data, and then you're able to adapt this K-SQL recipe to help you calculate the difference between those two timestamps. Nice. And uh, I imagine, and this is frequently the case with uh, streaming applications and just, just kind of dealing with event streaming in general, in this example, you start with a bus schedule because that's super easy to understand. Everybody knows, okay, here's this table of data and I put it in a topic. Um, but that itself could also be the output of some prior KSQL pipeline that's taking some other data and you know doing some kind of join and aggregation and giving you that quote unquote schedule that you can join your event stream to. Exactly, exactly. So it's really cool to see where where this KSQL recipe has kind of ended up in in different use cases and different business verticals that are, are very different than the original transportation bus schedule that it was originally created for. Cool. Do you have uh, do you have any new recipes in the pipeline yet? I, I I hope you do. You know, maybe next time I'm waiting for the Caltrain, I'll I'll brainstorm some. That's awesome. <laughs> My guest today has been Leslie Kurt. Leslie, thanks for being a part of Streaming Audio. Yes, Tim. Thanks for having me here. It's been it's been a pleasure. And there you have it. I hope that was helpful to you. If you've got questions, you can ask me at at TLBerglund on Twitter. That's T-L-B-E-R-G-L-U-N-D. Or you can leave a comment on any of our YouTube videos. Your question might be featured on the next episode of Streaming Audio. And feel free to subscribe to our YouTube channel and this podcast wherever fine podcasts are sold. And if you subscribe through iTunes, be sure to leave us a review there. That helps other people discover the podcast and just generally helps us get the word out. We appreciate your support. See you next time.